0: Thank you to uh, Kayla and Nadia for helping lead worship this week. So good. Laura decided to go to Hawaii. Whatever. I'd watch the Super Bowl in Hawaii, that's fine, whatever. Uh it's good. So uh and uh this this morning as I was um, doing my final preparations, uh the the Lord brought an image to mind uh, that I'm gonna start with. Uh and and I'm sorry I should have maybe tried to figure out get the video up because it would be so much better than me just sharing it, but that's right, here's we here we're at. Uh, uh but anyway, I, I was reminded, you know, I don't know, my kids, you know, when I have kids, they love, you know, Disney movies, right? And so I you know, I there's there are so many Disney movies that I have in my brain that I know all these different aspects. You know, I mean, I know the whole movie, right? I can quote many of the movies, you know, and some of them I wish I couldn't quote. Um, you know, it's just they just weren't that good at movies. But uh, anyway, so one of those movies was Lion King, um, and as one of the better movies, I enjoyed. You know, by the way, the, the live action, the new one is just. I'm sorry, they messed it up, right? It's just not good. But the cur- cartoon one, the old one, right? You know, they're not the really old one, but the, the you know, yeah, the one that was done in the 90s. Whatever. It was, I mean, it was great. Like, it, it's a great movie, right? Uh, and part of what makes it great in any movie, you know, especially Disney, is they always have the, you know, the comedic characters, right? You know, so you've got, you know, uh, Akuna Matana crew, right, in Lion King, and they're great. But also you've got the hyenas, right? I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, these characters are just so good, right? I mean, they just, the way they kind of, you know, make them out to look and whatnot. But one of the best parts of that movie that I just love is uh, they, they kind of like almost do this like side kind of like behind the scenes little clip of the hyenas, right? And they're sitting there and they're all, I don't know what they, just jad or about different things. And then one of them slips up and says, Mufasa, and they all, the rest of them, like, oh, don't say that word. And they go, Mufasa. And they go, oh, and they all shudder, right? You know, like, Mufasa, 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 right? Anyway, and that Mufasa is the name of the king, right? You know, anyway, so there's this, it's just this great scene. But the Lord brought that image this morning when I thought about the, you know, just the simple title of this message. And some of you out there, you know, you read that title or someone says to you, change. And you go, oh, don't say that word, man. Just stop, right? <laughs> and so anyway, it's, and it's a reality, right? We as human beings, you know, we struggle with change. You know, I've, I've talked several times about, you know, how, you know, I love change and, and I do, but don't get me wrong. It's not easy, right? And, and even if you like change and can embrace it, it's still hard, right? It's difficult to walk through that. And, and oftentimes, you know, when I say I like change, I like the change that I get to instigate, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, but when someone Someone else instigates, or, or circumstances instigate change. That you know, that's really hard and difficult to go through. But this morning, uh, we've got this kind of a Sunday in between things. So we had 40 days of prayer to start the first six weeks of 2022 out with. Next two weeks, we have our global impact week. So we have two missionaries coming. Jake will be here next Sunday on the 20th. On the 27th, we'll have uh, uh, the uh, Simon Sharon with us. And so looking forward to that. So there's this one week. Oh, and I'll say this, in March... Guess what? We're going back to Genesis. Woo! Aren't you excited? Yes. In in March, we're going back to Genesis. We're going to finish the book of Genesis. I know we only got 11 chapters done last year, but it's okay. There's a lot in those 11 chapters. So anyway, so that's where we're headed in March. And so we got this little week, you know, in between. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? And I just felt like the Lord said, you know what? Let's talk about change. Okay. So here we are. Uh, Change. Um, Yes. You know, Part of, I think, uh, what makes change difficult is that it is just kind of a natural part of life, right? I mean, we as human beings, like, change just happens. It's all around us, right? I mean, uh, you know, even just the days change, right? Every day you, you get up and it's a new day. It's a different day, right? Uh, and in that day, you know, the weather, you know, can be really different from the day before. Uh, sometimes extreme differences. Uh, unless it's, you know, like July and August, then it's just 110 every day. And you just wake up and, oh, look, it's 110. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but, uh, you know, what I mean, it, every day can change. Every week can change. Every month is different. You know, every season is different. Every year is different, right? We are surrounded by this reality that everything changes, right? And, and certainly uh, many of us who have lived a while recognize the changes in our body. You know, we don't look the same. We're not able to do the same things we used to. Uh, Scott invited me to help him with an international students event at, at, uh, at Simpson yesterday and they played kickball. And, you know, it's like, part of me was like going, oh, I really want to play kickball and show these kids how to, and I was like, no, yeah, Sean, you're 50, you can't do that, you're going to embarrass yourself, these are athletes, they're really good, and you're not, anyway, so, but, you know, our bodies, they break down, right, and we see that reality, right, It's constant change, Um, we see change in our circumstances, right, I mean, certainly the last couple years, oh my gosh, has change been thrown into our world. But things like natural disasters and pandemics, they happen and they change everything about life. Uh, you know, we have, you know, even job changes, right? And some of us are happy to change jobs because of the job we were in. Others are like, I really like that job and now we got to go to a different job or, or careers that we're in or locations where we live. Uh, our, you know, again, our health, you know, that changes. But also we see changes in relationships, We probably all can, if we're a certain age, can look back five or 10 years ago, or 15 or 20 years, 30, 40 years ago, and think about people that we used to be really close to, that we don't even talk to anymore. Uh, We also have people, it seems like every week, every month, new people that step into our life that there's an opportunity for new relationships. So relationships change with family, with friends, coworkers, even our barista changes, right? What's up with that? Like I liked Alice, she's sweet. She makes my coffee the way I like it. And you know, now who is this Brenda? Who is this Brenda? I'm sorry, does she even know what coffee is? Anyway, uh, so, you know, this is reality, right? Relationships change, but also our character changes, right? who we are changes over time. As we grow up, as we mature, as we experience different things, that th- th- those things impact, impact us, they, they change us. Our mature, we mature, we grow more wise. Sometimes we grow less wise. <laughs> we make mistakes. Sometimes we have certain skills that used to be a strength that are no longer a strength. But, you know, the interesting thing about this is, and I just got to say this, we have to praise God that even though his creation changes, he does not. What a great blessing to know, you know, and this is why, see, you know, we so often want to put our trust in this world, but how can you trust something that is constantly changing? You have no idea what tomorrow is going to bring. Whether it be circumstances, relationship, weather, you know, day-to-day, whatever. I mean, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is. Everything in this world changes. And so if it's changing, why are we putting our trust in it? The only thing that really we should put our trust in is the one thing that doesn't change, and that is God. He is trustworthy because he is always good. He is always loving. He is always sovereign. He is always just. He is always faithful. So we have this life that we live. Now you would think, now again, this is a reality. Life changes all around us. We, we experience this. So you would think that we'd kind of go like, oh, okay, you know, that's, this is our, this is our situation. Life changes, change happens. This is okay. You know, we kind of just embrace it. No, we don't do that. No, no. We want to avoid change, oftentimes at all costs. Like we fight change. Don't want change just like me looking at those, you know, Simpson students playing kickball like I don't like I don't want to admit that no my body can't do what It used to be able to do like, you know And that's why many times I've embarrassed myself by trying to do and thankfully I'm at the point now where I've embarrassed myself enough that I've given up trying right and I recognize just embracing the change because There's nothing I can do about it, but we want to fight it, right? We 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 don't want to we don't want We want to keep things the same We, we want stuff to stay where it's at and so we, we cling to things like routine we really want to have a daily routine. We, we want to have that same kind of thing that we do every day, every week, every month. You know, I want my coffee, right? I want it to be right every morning. I want it to taste just like it did yesterday and the day before and the day before. So when, you know, the barista messes up my coffee, right, that's a big deal, right? That, that messes me up because I want my coffee. I want my, I want it to be the same. I don't want to have any changes in it. Bring back Alice. Bring back Alice. Bring back. Uh, anyway, we also strive to control these things, right? We, we want because we don't like change, we want to control our life, right? So we want, we strive for power to, to protect ourselves against disaster, against the job change. How can we keep from having to worry about our, change, our job changing all the time or our career changing all the time? Get high enough so that you're the one who's doing the hiring and the firing, right? <laughs> you don't have to worry about anybody else you're going to say, you're out. No, I, hey, this is my company. I can do what I want, right? You know, this kind of thing, right? So we look for that control. Uh, we look for being able to control even our health Right? That if something happens health-wise, that we have access to certain things to help our bodies. Uh, We always have this perspective that more money is better. And more money is better because more money gives us more power over our circumstances. More power over where we can live in the neighborhood we're in. More power over the kind of job we have. More power over the future. More power over our life. And so we want to control those things. But we also want to control relationships. And again, relationships change, but we want to control it. Some of us, because changes happen, just refuse intimacy altogether. You, we're not going to allow anybody to get close to us because I've already been burned enough in my life. I've had enough relationships that I thought were great that broke or that no longer are a part of me. I remember all of those people that I was really close to, and Lord, you took them away. And so I'm not going to get intimate with anybody, or we cling. To people, I, I was, I'm reminded of you know uh, you know as a youth pastor for 20 years, uh, one of the conversations I often had to have with teenagers and with parents was about this transition of who is in control of the teenager's life, and oftentimes parents can really struggle letting their teenager go. They want control of that relationship. They don't want, no, 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 you're my little girl. You're my little boy. You're the you're my one. You're the one. Yeah, I, I need you. I need you in my life. I need to continue. It's too scary for you to let you go because you might leave me and you never come back and then I'm going to lose this relationship. So we cling to relationships sometimes. And we also, we hold on to labels. Because we find identity in Labels. if we know who we are, then the decisions we make are kind of already settled, right? Because this is who I am, and so these are the decisions I make, but sometimes that can be a bad thing. Uh, I remember, and I think I've shared this story maybe before, but uh, as a youth pastor, I took these trips uh, with students to Life Conference. Go Life. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah. It's good. It's good. good thing. All right, so Life Conference is a great thing. I, I went to a bunch of them. I loved them. But I remember, uh, I, I don't, it was maybe my fourth life. I did nine of them. So my fourth life, I remember uh, uh, doing the, going, taking kids on this. And I was sitting, we were having this like pre-conference right before we left, having this final meeting with the parents and the teenagers and all that. And I sat down with them, and they were talking about the whole thing. And one of the things I said was, hey, I just want you guys all to know, all you teenagers to know this. When we're traveling, you know, normally, that youth group, I'm the cool, you know, nice guy, you know, always, you know, really laid back, no big deal, you can do whatever you want kind of thing. You know, it's kind of a little bit of that way, right? You know, really your buddy-buddy kind of, it's all good. But I says, when we're traveling, you need to understand, you're going to see a different kind of Sean. Uh, and so I, you know, I labeled myself as this angry youth pastor while I was traveling with teenagers. Part of that was because I was freaked out about losing a teen, Right. And I had some experience. Oh, man. Anyway, but, uh, but I labeled myself this angry youth pastor when we're traveling. And then someone finally came up to me one time and said, hey, why are you doing that? Like, why are you labeling yourself that way? And I was like, huh. Oh, why am I? And it just totally changed my perspective, right? I had been living out and acting a certain way because of this label I gave myself. But as soon as I removed that label, all of a sudden, now I was free to be, hey, I could be a cool, laid-back, fun guy on travel as well, right? Only lost two or three kids, but it was great. No big deal. (laughs) Anyway, so like, you know, we cling sometimes to these labels, our identity, right? That that we've got to have this, and we're going to hang on to that, and that dictates how we live. We avoid, again, change. We certainly want change when things are bad, though, right? That, when life isn't good, like, you know, okay, I'm ready for change, God, anytime now. Fix this relationship or end this relationship. I don't care which, but we've got to move on. We're not doing this anymore. Or this job that I'm working. I hate this job. I, I don't want to be here. You know, I was in grocery for 17 years. 17, let me say it again, 17 years, right? Now, I know I'm 50-whatever, but that still feels like a really long time, 17 years. And so, you know, we have these, you know, positions, and when things are bad, like, we're, okay, God, bring on change. But we don't want change when things are good. We really like ourselves, right? We really like where we're at in life, like our job, like our relationships. You know, we're comfortable, we're like, yeah, don't change anything. Many of us were in that spot two years ago when COVID came. We were very comfortable. We, we had a good job. It was working really well. We, you know, finances were taken care of. family was taken care of, you know, things were, you know, we're going good with it. You know, church is great. You know, I love my church, you know, whatever. And, and then the pandemic. So change is fine when it's bad, but most of us, when it's good, we're like, no, I don't want change. But the funny thing is, is look at the Israelites. Exodus <laughs> is 16. Read Exodus 16. This is where, and I think this is us, guys. I, 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 and you probably are going to go, yeah, I remember doing this. Okay, like when things are really bad, you're like, God, change it, change it, change it. Then he finally changes it. And you're like, God, why would you change it? This is not what I wanted. <laughs> right? And that's the Israelites. Like, we've been slaves for 400 years. God, 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 will you please release us? And then he releases them. And he's like, no, God, God, can we go back to Egypt? <laughs> right? But do we do that, right? We do the same thing. We want change when things are bad, but do we really want it? Even when we feel like we want it at the time, when it actually comes, we oftentimes will still fight against it. But also, just because things are good, I think we we need to maybe check our perspective. Just because things are good doesn't mean that we are good, You know, a lot of times we think, you know, our circumstances are all really good right now. Everything's working out in my life. So that means that I'm good. I I must be doing something right. God's blessing me because all of these things. And you know, God does that. Don't get me wrong. But does it really mean that we're good when life is good? Often the things that we love, the times when life is really good is when we most need a change. Matthew 6, 24 tells us that you do not, cannot serve two masters. You're going to either love one and hate the other or love the other and hate the the one, right? We, We can't serve two. And God knows the masters that we have in our life. And even when we're in a good time, oftentimes that good time becomes a master. The truth is, God is the one who allows change. It's a great blessing, actually. He doesn't cause all changes. Sometimes changes happen because of evil things. That's not God. He didn't cause that to happen. But God does initiate a whole lot of change. Do we recognize it? The reality is, none of us can become more mature none of us can grow none of us can become more like Jesus unless we change the blessings of change are obvious we're not the the fact that we can change means that we're not stuck in our sin and our rebellion second corinthians 7:10 talks about this reality that we you know that we can repent of the life that we've lived and repentance is about turning Repentance is not just about confession. It's not not, just saying, hey, God, I'm sorry, but it's, God, I'm sorry, and I don't want to live that way anymore. I'm choosing a different path. We're changing. Praise the Lord that we are not stuck in our sin and rebellion. Praise the Lord. We're not stuck in our ignorance and misunderstanding. God has made us teachable. Psalm 25, 5 talks about this fact that, Lord, teach me your ways. Inform me. Get me me more information. Change my perspectives. Help me to see the way you see. Help me to understand and not be ignorant. With Jesus, we can gain understanding and wisdom. Praise the Lord that we're not stuck in our mindsets and perspectives. Romans 12, 1, uh, uh, tra- Romans twelve two. do not conform into the pattern of this world any longer, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Praise the Lord, our minds can be renewed. That we don't, we're not stuck in the same kind of thinking that we had when we were living as sinners in this world. But once we bow our knee to Jesus as Lord, He will transform our minds. Again, through Jesus, in a relationship with Jesus, we can develop a biblical and spiritual mindset. Praise the Lord that we're not stuck in our circumstances and our situation. There is redemption. Romans eight twenty eight says that God is working for all of those who love Him to bring out great things. No matter what happens... No matter who initiates it, no matter what evil thing has caused it, God can use it for his glory and for our blessing. With Jesus, we can turn disaster into beautiful fruit. And praise the Lord, we're not stuck in our families and our relationships. We have been adopted into the kingdom of God, into the family of God, Romans eight fifteen. that we have a new father, a new family, and with Jesus, we can enjoy truly intimate relationship. So there's great blessing and change. If there's great blessing and in change, and we know this, right? This, uh, this is not a revelation to you guys. We all know this truth. So the question that remains, okay, we live in a world that constantly changes. We naturally uh, avoid Change. We don't like change. We push back on change. We try to get out of change. We don't want change yet. We also know that there's great blessing in change. So the question is, how do we respond to change? Just got a few things here to share with you. And again, I don't think any of this is earth shattering, but maybe just an encouragement, a reminder to all of us. First of all, we need to identify our fears. Generally, I think, you know, there's probably, there's definitely more than this, but the the two, I think, main fears that, that come up in the midst of change is first of all, fear of losing what we love. When we love something, we we want to stay there. We really want to keep that. Uh, I remember in grocery, when I was working grocery, I had five of those 17 years I was a receiving clerk. Did a lot of different things. I worked graveyards. I worked check stand. I worked you know all kinds of different things. But five years as a receiving clerk, (laughs) I could have done that job forever man that was sweet like I got there 5 a.m. I got done at noon man Monday through Friday I was in the back room didn't have to deal with those crazy customers and it was like it was just it was just a great job I loved it like it was I was just in the zone man I loved that job and then at this time I was going to school and so it was my last year and I was going to a small school And so unfortunately that smaller school didn't offer their classes all over. And there was literally two classes that I needed for my uh, bachelor's degree that they only offered at eight in the morning. Guess what happened to my receiving clerk job? And you know what I went to? (laughs) Graveyards, yeah. So I love that job. And part of the transition in that was this fear of losing what I loved. That was part of what made me upset. It's like, no, I really love this piece. Maybe even a bigger, a bigger perspective is, you know, being a youth pastor. I loved being a youth pastor. Some of you say, I still love to be a youth pastor. Because <laughs> I haven't stopped acting like one. Anyway, uh, But I, I love being a youth pastor. When God started calling me to be a lead pastor, there was fear that came. And it wasn't just because I loved it, but because I was comfortable there. I knew that role. I'd done it for 20 years. I knew how to work and manipulate the system, whatever, right? I was comfortable there. When change comes, we need to identify the fear. When we were acting, it's like, Whoa, why, why am I afraid? Are we afraid of losing comfort? Are we afraid of losing control? Are we afraid of losing relationships? Maybe we're afraid of losing ourselves. Am I going to be the same person that I am right now? You know, that's reality when God starts working on our souls, right? Sometimes we kind of like who we are and we cling to some of those identity pieces. And he says, "Eh, you need to let go of that and be somebody different. The other fear I think that usually is surrounding change is the fear of the unknown. You know, we we really, we know what we know, right? And where we're at right now, we know we know this space, right? We kind of know what to expect, right? And certainly there's some, you know, variables there. You don't really know what, you know, I might, you know, things might change, but for the most part, we know this. We know what to expect, we know where we're at, Um, Again, for me coming and being a lead pastor here, oh man, there was so, not not just a new role, um, but there was new everything. Uh, A new state that I told myself I'd never live in. I know I love you guys now, you're great. (laughs) California's awesome. (laughs) It's a great place to be, I'm glad I'm here. Uh, A new state, right, a new community, new people. It was also new for my wife and I, because it was really gonna be our first experience as empty nesters, there was a lot of new. And there was a lot of fear because I didn't know what to expect. I've talked a little bit about that just as a lead pastor and with you guys, uh, some of the fear that I had in that. Fear of the unknown because new routines, uh, a new job, a new location, new relationships, new identity and along with this fear of unknown is really the fear of failure. That we're gonna step in, I'm gonna step into this role and fail. So I think when we're at the precipice, if you will, of change, when we sense change is happening in us, I think we need to identify the fear. Again we should know in our minds at least that you know change is not necessarily bad, right? Change is not bad. God has actually gifted us with change. We, No matter what happens, God can use it for his glory and for our blessing, no matter what. So when we sense change coming, we need to, first of all, identify the fear. Second, we need to then be aware of our emotions, which actually can help us to identify the fear. Emotions actually, you know, emotions have gotten a bad rap uh, for many years. Uh, thankfully, uh, um, there are books like Emotionally Healthy, you know, Spirituality or Leadership or whatever. The, I don't remember the, the author of that book uh, series, but uh, anyway, there's, there's more and more coming out on emotions. Emotions for a long time were kind of like the caboose, right? And everybody just kind of ignored emotions, we'll so they'll, they'll catch up, don't worry about those. No, no, emotions, again, they're not everything, but they are something. And I really believe that emotions are like little you know, signal flares to stuff that's going on in our heart that's not good, especially strong emotions. Um, and so we need to be aware of our emotions, discerning what we really believe, right? Uh, I know sometimes we, we think we, you know, I I really believe a certain set of truths, but when that's challenged and we have to go through a change, oftentimes our emotional reaction to that change, we go, oh, maybe I don't really believe that God is sovereign. Maybe I don't really believe that God knows tomorrow. Maybe I really don't know, you know what I'm saying? So those, those emotional reactions, really big ones, especially like they point to something. So let's be aware of that. And the key ones, anger and despair are usually a sign of a false perspective that we have. We think that having a good life means that we're going to be comfortable. That things will just kind of be normal. This kind of things will be good that way, right? That's the good life. But it's actually it's it's a life with Jesus. It's not about comfort. It's a life with Jesus that brings peace no matter what the circumstance. So that's a false perspective. We think that, oh, I've got this comfortable, I've got this good life. That means I should be comfortable. No, no, no. If you're living the good life with Jesus, your life's probably going to be filled with a lot of discomfort. Another false perspective is that we're in control. That if I'm in control, if I, can, if I can control everything, and we love control, especially as Americans, we got you know, everything under control, then we're safe. No. It's only when Jesus is in control that we have security, eternal security. Okay, so responding to change, first of all, identify the fear, second of all, be aware of those emotions and the false perspectives that they may be triggered by third trust jesus this is like christianity christianity 101 right trust jesus first of all he knows your fears and your emotions he knows your fears and your emotions you know matthew 6 it's a great passage Talk about prayer, right? The Lord's Prayer. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard from many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows, can you finish it, what you need before you even ask. People, we have to get this understanding and drive it home into our brains that God knows our needs before they happen. He knows our fears. He knows our emotions. So process process them with Jesus. If you sense change is coming, if there's signs of disruption in your life, don't freak out and run from God. Run to God. Say, God, what's going on? No matter if it's evil that's being done to you or if it's the Holy Spirit that's stirring that in you, go to Jesus. Seek Him. Trust Him. Understand that He can handle it. He is always wanting us to be honest with Him. Trusting Jesus also... Is this reality that he knows tomorrow? I, this is one of those, uh, those truths that we say we believe, but we don't really believe. I know that Jesus knows the day of my death. I know that Jesus knows what's happening tomorrow. But anytime something happens today that makes tomorrow unknown, I freak out. Why? Because we don't really believe that the one who we are in relationship with, the one who we are worshiping, actually knows what tomorrow brings. I have to tell you, this has brought me so much freedom and peace in my life. Because when I got here at this church, leading and doing this, what I'm doing right now, uh, I'm telling you, that was not pretty at home afterwards. Huh, honey? Yeah. So... uh, Can I have a little bit more warm milk, honey? (laughs) I mean, seriously, there was a lot because I was like, oh my gosh. I said this wrong. I said that wrong. Or they're going to believe this. Or what do they think about that? Oh, that was a horrible sermon. I can't believe I did that. And just stuck with all of the reactions, the responses of all of you folks and what was going to happen tomorrow. But when God finally said, I hold tomorrow over and over again into my ear, After many, many months, I finally stopped just believing it in my head and began to just embrace it in my life. Because here's the reality. I may say something in this sermon that will drive some of you out of this church. I hope I don't, but I may. I may say something in this sermon that drives me out of this church tomorrow. I hope not. But it could happen. But my hope is not in whether I do say that thing or not. My hope is always in Jesus. So it doesn't matter what tomorrow is going to bring. When you know the one who already knows what tomorrow is going to have in it. And so we just trust him. Trust that he's preparing us for tomorrow. I didn't think I could be a lead pastor, but God had been preparing me already. Now I still, yeah, you know, touch and go every every week, you know, <laughs> but you know what? God continues to provide. And it's not, again, it's not about me. Despair and depression are for those who refuse to trust Jesus. If you're feeling despair over changes in your life, you're not trusting Jesus. He is always with us, even when we say that thing in a sermon that we shouldn't have and it cost us our job. He's with us. Thank you for laughing. <laughs> Trust Jesus, He's using it. He uses change. No matter how difficult that change is, he is going to use it. Romans eight twenty eight again, right? I mean, this, 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 all things work together for those who love Jesus for good, right? Not, you know, good in this world perspective, but good for us, like really, like eternally, like this is good. But can we see that? Can we trust God? He is a redeemer. And no matter how bad it seems, he is working in it. This is why James says in 3, verse verse 3, right? Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. Right? Why? How can we do that? Because we trust that Jesus is in it. He's using it. Even if he didn't initiate it. Again, evil person does something horrible to us. He is in it, can help us to process it, to deal with it, and to use it for his glory. Yeah, exactly. You've never experienced that, so you're, I don't even know what you're talking about back there. (laughs) Jackie, you got the easiest life ever. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) It'll be the third sermon for today. We had Becky's sermon, we got my sermon, we got Jackie's sermon, this is great. (laughs) So amazing. This is amazing reality. Oh my gosh. Right. Okay. The Israelites are in exile. They're in Babylon. They are not happy. This is not a good thing. They're like, oh my gosh, not only do we lose our land, but God like kicked us out. Like he's like mad at us. He's like, this is judgment from God. This is bad. And then listen to what they are told in the midst of their exile. Jeremiah, do you realize we know this verse? And we quote it all the time, but we don't often realize the context. They are in exile. They have faced judgment from God. They have been kicked out of their cut. I mean, this is like the worst possible spot ever. Change has been forced on them because of their own foolishness and stupidity. And then Jeremiah writes this from God, Jeremiah 29, for I know, I know, why do I have it open, right? The plans I have for you. Is it plans to be horrible things to you? No, it's not plans to do. Is it plans to exile you forever? No, it's not, right? It's plans to prosper you. Folks, trust Jesus in the midst of change, right? That's the clinging point. That's what we need to grab onto. Because he is able to redeem all of it, even when it's our own foolishness and stupidity that has led to consequences that are very painful. Anger and bitterness are for those who refuse to trust Jesus. If you don't trust Jesus in the midst of the change, you'll become angry and bitter. And many people have lost, walked away from Jesus, lost a relationship, whatever that looks like. They've walked away from Jesus because they got hurt, because change happened to them that they didn't want. And instead of trusting Jesus... They rejected Jesus, and they became angry and bitter. He is always working to bring about good in our life, even through change, even through bad stuff. Okay, worship team, why don't you come up? I've got a few closing statements. One more minute, right, Becky? One more minute, Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Okay. So how do we respond to change? Identify the fear, beware of the emotions, trust Jesus, and turn to Jesus. It's not change, whether change is good or bad or whatever, however it's been, we have to understand that it's not about what or who instigates change. We can get so wrapped up in that. This is wrong. It shouldn't be, I shouldn't have to be changing, right? This is not right. We get all wrapped up in the, you know, the justice of this is not right thing. Or that person they're actually really evil they're more evil than me and they are doing this they are they're they're the ones that need to change not me this is they've got to fix this it's not about what or who instigates the change it's also not about how difficult or painful The changes, God. I am not ready for this. This is this hurts too much. This is too extreme. I can't do it. God, you're obviously not in this. This is so evil, so beyond. It's no. This is bad. This is ugly. This is not good. It is not about how difficult or painful the change is. It's not about the results or the consequences of the change. Wait a second, God, OK, I, I, I understand that change has to happen sometimes. but not, I didn't want this. I mean, come on, this is beyond no, this is not what I. I want Egypt again. I want to go back. I don't want to have to be here. It's not about the results or the consequences of the change. It's about how we respond to change. Change happens, right? We know this. This is true. The only thing that is up in the air on whether or not that change is going to work out in a good way or a bad way is our response to it. If we can respond by turning and trusting Jesus, there's tremendous blessings that can come from change. Blessings for those who accept change because Jesus allows it. People who embrace change, because change is an opportunity and Jesus uses it. And people who enjoy change, because change draws us into greater intimacy with Jesus because Jesus is in it. All right, church, let's stand and sing a song and I'll come back up with the closing passage. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for being a God who never changes. Lord, especially living in a world and being creatures that are seeming to be in constant states of change. Lord, it's nice to know that there is someone, something out there that is not changing, and especially that that one thing is what we're putting our hope in for tomorrow. So, Lord, we just ask that you continue to encourage us with that truth, Lord. And when change does come, especially those big moments of change where there's going to be a big mix-up in our life, that we would be able to turn to you in those times, that we would uh, be aware of the fear that is ignited in us, the emotions that are coming out. But, But, Lord, most of all, that you would help us to trust you, trust the things that you've told us in your word about who you are and what you're doing in our life. And so that we can be able to step into that change with maybe not boldness, but with at least courage and confidence, not in our ability to handle the change, but confident in your ability to know tomorrow and prepare us for what's coming. So Lord, we thank you for your amazing goodness that you love us beyond belief and that you're always working for our good, always working to prepare us for whatever's to come next, for your glory and for our blessing. Matthew chapter 6 25 and following. Therefore, I tell you, Jesus says, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by the way, by being anxious can add a single hour to a span of life? Jesus name. amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless. Have a great day. Go Rams.